Welcome to the podcast from Commonwealth Magazine, brought to you by our sponsor, the MBTA's PERC program. I'm Bruce Mole, along with my colleague Michael Jonas. We're joined by Emily Rooney, a distinguished TV journalist here in Boston and nationally. She is currently the host of WGBH's Beat the Press, a weekly discussion focused on media matters. The show is celebrating its 20th anniversary on the air and held a live broadcast to mark the occasion on Friday night. Emily, I'm glad you could join us. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Michael. Good to be here. I, I had a. I thought I'd start with, I read your piece about yeah. how the show came about, and I was just curious, do you personally own the trademark to I the I do. Name? I Be- personally own it. So I was urged to do that by a guy who helped me put a, a pilot together in 1994, and he said, you really need to trademark this. I didn't know anything about trademarking things. So, And then at the same time, Ariana Huffington, her husband, Michael Huffington, had just lost that Senate race in California. And she was back in Washington, and she was going to do this thing called Beat the Press. Although hers was ideologically based. She wanted to go after the, me- the liberal media. And I said, that, that's not, that's exactly what I don't want to do. I want to go she, after... When she was a conservative, yes, right? <laughs> she was a conservative at the time. I said, no, I don't want to do that. So, But I beat her to the trademark office. <laughs> that's interesting. So... Uh, What does that mean that you own the title so that no one else can use it, I guess, right? Although people have used it. Tucker Carlson was using it for a while when he was on one of those shows. can't remember which. We we always protest it when somebody uses it. Uh And if you Google it, you'll see other people do use it. it, But getting a lawyer and going after it, if if somebody tried to do a big national program called Beat the Press, I would go after them. And I I wanted to just ask you a little bit from your perch looking at the media, particularly locally over the last 20 years, what is the changing landscape? What do you, how do you see things have changed over that relatively short period? Nobody reads the newspaper. Nobody reads the newspaper. And that includes people in the news business. That has changed. It used to be required. Even if you didn't steal all the stories from the newspaper, you certainly knew what was in the newspaper. That's not true anymore in the news business. You know, everything is a niche. Everybody goes after something they're interested in, but there's no general awareness. And I find that a little bit disturbing. Um, now, I, I, I guess I'm struggling a little mm-hmm. bit with that because it still, seem, it still seems like, well, it used to be, years ago, it used to be everybody took their cue from what was on yes. the front page of the Boston right. Globe. The Globe still has a lot of influence over what everybody mm-hmm. covers, I think, but... You think it's just sort of... But they don't pay attention. So if something was in the paper, it came up in one of our morning meetings recently, two, twice. And I, and I stood up and said, yeah, it was on the front page of the Globe three days ago. So I, I just think that people aren't generally paying attention the way they used to. And it's fine with me they don't take their cues from the Globe. They don't have to you know, take all their stories and run with them. And it's true. That's, that's how local, especially television, used to operate. Local television has changed dramatically by going after minor incidents, you know, traffic and uh, a lo- still a lot of two-bit crime. And we, not that we didn't do that <laughs> when I was in local TV. We did a lot of fires and a lot of crime, but not at this level. Mm. You know, people flying their flags upside down and that kind of thing. That, these, are, these are news stories on TV. Right, right. And there was always this, uh, I mean, y- you had uh, uh, part of your career also at the national level, mm-hmm. and, there, and, and there used to be this uh, sort of sense about the network newscast, another dinosaur or thing we could talk about. Uh, it was referred to as kind of the electronic hearth, and there was this idea that in mm-hmm. its heyday, it was something that, you know, all of America, broadly speaking, sat down and took in the day's news from the, from the three big network newscasts. 
And, um, and regardless of how you felt about issues, there was kind of a broad agreement. Here are the major things That's that right. happened in the world and in the country, and now we can kind of have a debate or argument about it. And, and, Everybody and that was doesn't aware. happen. It doesn't happen. Everybody was aware on the same level what was going on in the war in Vietnam. There's not that same general awareness about what's going on in Afghanistan or Iran or Syria. I mean, a lot of people are aware, but not, you're right, there's not that electronic hearth. And I still watch a network newscast. I mean, that has also devolved dramatically. It's largely a weather <laughs> newscast. And, I, and I'm um, amazed when I watch the network <laughs> newscast at the degree to which they will be guided by things video. there's video on. Yeah. I'm amazed a, a moose when I watch strike. that. I know. Anything. In anything the, involving an animal. And it's the, what, the 20 or 22 minutes we always heard. It's not really a half an hour when you break down how many minutes they have. They'll spend a lot of time on something like the funeral of George Bush, but they'll go past that, and then they are largely driven by what video is available. And, it, yeah. and sometimes they are very small stories. But I guess to Bruce's point about local news, there's kind of a version of that too, right? That if we're not all sort of taking in in the morning, you know, the Globe or, 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 or watching the same newscast, there's no sense that as a region that we even kind of all... Care about the same things. Or share <laughs> some understanding of here are the five big things right. that have affected the region over the last day or two. And then you go from there to sort of debate what to do about it, but we don't even have that first no, step. There's, there's, not a, there's not a commonality. And some of that is understandable because, you know, living has changed so dramatically. I mean, you know, there's, there's urban and suburban and then really, really rural. And people pick up on things that are of interest to them in, in their neighborhoods or their communities. And, and think about how we get the news now. I mean, we use Twitter as a source. I'm sure you do too. That's you pick up on things. Um, people tweet out story. I mean, I'm not going to report something that would just is on Twitter, but stuff gets picked up and then retweeted, and you realize it's a story that you're interested in. That's from some you know rural community or some other state, and and you can apply it to something that's local. That's new. That's good. I don't lament everything about the past, by the way. I think there are a lot of really good things about the way news is both gathered and delivered. But it certainly is um, a niche, and people seek out the stories that they are most interested in or the point of view that they're most interested in. And that wasn't the case so many years ago, even when I first began this show. So it's also, uh, you're, you're talking to two old print yeah, guys yeah. here. Um, <laughs> it's sort of the incredibly shrinking business as well. Um, Give a little perspective on that from your seat over the last twenty years. Well, first of all, we started looking at. Um, I couldn't even. I couldn't list them. The newspapers that have gone out of business, um, locally, nationally, um, they're just they're hanging on. Even even some of the major ones like the Boston Globe, they're hanging on. The Boston Herald is basically dead. Um, so that has changed dramatically. Um, ownership, there's no real local ownership of television, radio stations anymore. They're all owned by these enormous conglomerates, iHeart or something like that. So that, that has changed, Gatehouse, those kinds of organizations. And they, you know what happens. They all get generified and everything looks exactly the same and sounds exactly the same. And they've got these fungible anchors that all look the same. And <laughs> it's just... That's what it is. Yeah. Everybody used to be able to identify the major anchors of every local newscast. You know, Chet and Natalie and Jack and Liz. 
Yeah, I can't do it. I don't know if you guys can. No, do I, it. I, I just the other day I was I was reflecting on the fact that I, I, I don't really know. I mean, I know a couple of yeah, names of course, Liz, in Boston, Lisa Hughes and but Maria but, but I could not no. just go across no. the nope. the network affiliates and tell and you who their not, main people are. And certainly not the ne- the newscasters or, or the sportscasters, and we used to be. I mean, the weathercasters. We used to be able to do that too. And you could, can't do as it. you said, it was by first name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> just Lisa Hughes. It yeah. was Liz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chet, Chet and Natalie. Natalie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. That's really. I mean, that right. had started to change even by the time I was doing Beat the Press. A lot of that had already changed. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, if we could go through, you you said the Herald is dead. I th- I think that was what you said, right? Yeah. Then D- Digital First took it over. I read in the paper just recently that Joe Shaka, who's the editor of the Boston Herald, is now going to be the editor of like 15 of Digital First news operations all over the Northeast. How does that work? Oh, you, you, you can't possibly be in charge of news gathering and editing and making sure you've got decent staffing for 15 or maybe it was more than that operations. It's not doable, which says to me it's just a business enterprise. He's overseeing um, a, a, a vastly diminished business enterprise. That's what he's – he's not really the editor. Yeah. And so just, you know, there's often jokes about a two-newspaper town yeah. in Boston. <laughs> do we even have – We did have it. I don't think we do anymore. Yeah. We did have it. The Herald is down to two or three reporters. Um I got, I got a call from one recently asking me to help them find, you know, can you imagine in the day calling another reporter and asking for their help getting something or access to something? <laughs> well, you just didn't do it. But the Herald, they've got to do it. There's no other way. Yeah, yeah. I helped out. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And do you, do you, I mean, do you have a sense of how, the, how this has affected, you know, uh, to be get sort of, you know, high-minded about it, you know, the sort of functioning of our democracy? I mean, that's... At the end, when we talk about the broad sense of why should we care about this, it's, you know, accountability journalism for powerful institutions and people. And so what does it mean locally, regionally, nationally, this changed landscape? Marty Barron, who's now the editor of the Washington Post, was, of course, here at the Boston Globe for more than 10 years, started that slogan at the Post, democracy dies in darkness. And he wasn't kidding <laughs> because without a free press, without the press, you, you, you're going to start living like a third world country. People don't seem to understand that. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Time is money. Commuting can be a pain. Save time and money and make your commute a little easier with Perk, the new transit pass program from the T. With Perk, You get a monthly pass that automatically renews and get savings on your taxes. Ask your employer how they can sign you up. For more info, go to perk.mbta.com. That's perk with a Q, .mbta.com. We're back with Emily Rooney. I am disheartened by uh, sort of the low marks that the media in general gets, and I never know really what they're talking about. Who, Who are you giving the low marks to exactly? Is it... Everybody is everybody being tarred with the same, you know, brush. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, d- I didn't quite follow you on that. What, what? What? When you talk about low marks, what are you referring to? Just in general, the news media is held in low go- regard. Low regard. They're held so. in low regard. I should say. They're yeah. in low marks. Thank God for Congress, right? They <laughs> they may rank <laughs> a little beneath. Yeah, exactly. But it's 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 a close race. 
But people still consume vast amounts of media. It's just, as I said earlier, they pick their niche. But so is it the other guys that aren't doing any good, or is it only the guys that you watch that are any good? How, 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 is, how are we being graded? I don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. And do you see anything coming along to fill this void as, as the, everything shrinks? Do you see anything, news suppliers that are filling that gap? Well, we are seeing it. It's it just that there isn't any um, business model for it. And that's m- online publications. But there's still, there is always, always going to be a need for eyes and ears on the street, in war zones, in communities, everywhere. Somebody to recount what happened on either side, to record it, to document it. That is never, ever, ever going to go away. I mean, when you think about what we have now, just in terms of. Um, surveillance cameras, although they don't tell the whole story. You look at what happened with uh, Jamal Khashoggi. We, we see, uh, we, we have surveillance cameras, and we probably have a lot more when they ever release more video from when, when inside that embassy, but it only tells a fraction of the story. Um, when, when we saw that, um, that photograph that went viral a few weeks ago um, at the border crossing, um, with the woman with the frozen t-shirt dragging her two kids, and, you know, people were saying, oh, she was being targeted with tear gas. But but was she? We really don't know. But a reporter, a photographer, a legitimate news guy caught that and put it into perspective, said what he saw in addition to what was going on there, to what that photograph. So sometimes the sources, if you're just picking up something that somebody tweets a photograph or tells a story, you don't know what the source of it is. I always get a kick out of people who say, well, I don't, you know, I don't read the newspaper anymore. I don't watch television. I, I only get my news from the Internet. Well, where do you think they got it? <laughs> they stole it. It's, it's all an aggregate. They took it from someone else. Sometimes they put their own spin on it. Or sometimes they just took this story wholesale and, and you know, re- regurgitated it. So I, I don't know what you mean when you say you get your – or I get my news from Facebook. What, what, what are you talking about? What on Facebook? A story that was printed in the Globe that's now on Facebook? Right. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> so I was curious. Or is it the birthday list you're getting your news out of? <laughs> And your show focuses on the press and 20 years, and we've been just talking about how it's sort of shrinking and diminishing. So does that make your show tougher to do or all the more urgent to do? It actually makes it easier. I mean, it's, it, it's, some things are shrinking, but some things are growing so fast, like Facebook and Instagram and all these other outlets that people are using as a news source. And we have to look at all of that now. So we're never at a loss for something new to look at. We've done a lot with Twitter and Facebook this year because they, whether we like it or not, they have been swept into the umbrella of news-gathering organizations. So uh, a lot of these outfits have. I mean, everything, Reddit, BuzzFeed, all of them. So it, it makes it more interesting. It's more fun. I mean, there w- it was so contained when I went back and looked at some of the stuff. There was a lot of good issues back there. One thing that I'm really amused by because uh, – my great uh, colleague John Carroll, you know, was on the show for years, and I took a soundbite from him in 1998, from the, sh- the, the, the year that the show went on the air, and he was talking about how distracted the media gets by obsessing on stories like the death of Anna Nicole Smith or something like that, Natalie Holloway, uh, K- Casey Anthony, and he said, there will always be something more important than the privatization of Social Security or, you know, restructuring capital gains. It's like that, that the media will focus on because they think it brings in more eyeballs. Yeah. 
It, so that's that kind of thing has been going on for decades and decades. And do you think, in terms of sort of filling the void, I mean, one question has been we've had for years sort of this happy confluence that this, you know, this big civic need, you know, even enshrined in our Constitution about a free press, happened to match up very well with a, with a really robust business model. And that's really the problem, right, mm-hmm. is that the, the need is still there. The business model is what's kind of fallen apart. Um, you know, and, and so there's been some thought of, uh, you know, just as we need public libraries, there's no real business model for them. They're a civic need. Uh, you know, and, and I'm not suggesting government-sponsored uh, uh, news outlets, but, you know, this whole turn toward whether there are nonprofit models. There are a few daily papers uh, that are now owned by nonprofits. You know, the mm-hmm. Pointer yes. Institute in Florida is, you know, is one that has a paper. I think the Philadelphia mm-hmm. paper has seen a change uh, there. And so I just wonder, is that is that a possible future or, 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 you know, more broadly. And even locally, we've seen at, you know, at GBH and BUR, there's been a little bit of a growth in their efforts. A lot of growth. And and, and people Mm -hmm. thought it would be impossible for Mm -hmm. Boston to sustain two Two. local public radio stations. We've had the two stations for a while, but Mm -hmm. when GBH decided it was going to get into the news and information Mm -hmm. side more aggressively, and and we are sustained, they're sustaining that. you know, I mean, I, I ask a little bit, uh, you know, w- with full disclosure that we're yes. here at Commonwealth, you know, trying also to, to sort of uh, fill that void and sort of grow as a, as a presence in the nonprofit you, I don't know world. how you reverse something that was already established one way, like a newspaper. It, there's got to be another way, and I don't know what it is, <laughs> but to make money doing what they do best, which is news gathering. You know, think about it. In the 20 years that it, the, the classifieds went away, I mean, they disappeared. There are no more classified. We don't need them anymore. Through we have so many other ways to, you know, to sell your old skis. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? and, and who was even thinking about back then that yeah. selling your old skis? That that was how we had this yeah. really robust, sort of healthy yeah. newspaper industry. It, it was. It's just amazing. Um, but I, 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 I have to think there is still a, a commercial venture there somehow. I mean, you, you think now about every, I don't know about you guys, but everywhere I go on, on the web now, something follows me, some shoe store or something, <laughs> right. because you've clicked on it or bought something there. That's what's going to happen. These th- it's going to be so individualized. The commercial side of this is going to be so individualized that everybody is going to have their own commercials. It, I don't know how it's going to work. Certainly not. A, I don't know how it works in a print edition. I can understand how it would work in a digital uh, edition. I don't know how much longer the Globe can, can sustain uh, a print edition. I just I really wonder about that. And there are, uh, there are some sort of tentative efforts, New Jersey, for example, where, where government is starting to say mm-hmm. maybe we need to get involved and support local news initiatives because that seems to be a primary concern that that is fading away. Do you see that as a... Well, that a scares me. <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't even like the fact that WGBH PBS is even marginally associated with the government. I don't like it. And every time the, the, the Republicans threaten to take it away, part of me says, do, take it away. The problem is GBH could sustain itself. WETA in New York could sustain itself. Other big, big market and public radio and television stations could sustain, but m- the vast majority of the rest of the country could not. Uh, so uh, the idea that there's always, there's, there's going to be a creep there. 
as soon as the government is involved, then they'll get more involved. And I, I, I mean, we, we already saw it happen in the commercial world with radio and television. It used to be there was this a firewall between advertising and uh, content, and that blew away in the past 20 years, too. Hmm. Um, I, I, I sort of think, though, that everybody's experimenting now a little bit with what to do, and no one really has an answer. I mean, there's a government, there's nonprofits, there's um, go for the most eyeballs to to make it work on digital. Um, Do you think, let's look forward to the next 20 years with your program. Uh, (laughs) If if you were to come back... Want to buy a trademark? (laughs) (laughs) If you were to come back 20 years from now and appear on this podcast to talk about the news business, do you have any idea what it will look like then? I think it will be individualized, that everybody will have some kind of a device where they're downloading whatever they want from wherever, whatever source it is. There's not going to be this universal TV set, anything like that. Um, I don't think there's going to be anchor people anymore. But there, there still will be a form of news gathering. I, I'm convinced that, you know, f- through eternity, there will be some form of that. Everybody can't be, you can't be everywhere. You have to have, you have to rely on your fellow human beings to bring you information from other corners of the earth or other corners of the town, wherever you are. You're not going to be able to do it yourself. It's fascinating, though. Are you envisioning sort of <laughs> people would still produce the news, but then it would all flow through some aggregator that would yeah. then sell it to yeah to a, individuals, a, individuals, yeah. and you program it yourself. Yeah, I think that's something like that's going to happen. That's We've already almost started there with with niche viewing, and I think this is just going to become more niche and niche and niche. And yeah. pe- some people are going to be a lot more informed than others. That's already happening. That is already happening. Well, um, Emily, thank you much, so much for joining us today, and congratulations on the 20th anniversary, and look forward to having you okay. back 20 years from now. a lot of fun. Okay, I'll be back. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. 